0: Saturday. What day is it today? Wednesday. Exactly. Ah!
1: Welcome to Film Fight Club, where for the first time ever, we're actually reviewing a fight. Mm-hmm. I'm Glenn Falkenstein from Falcon Screen. I'm Chris Evans. I make films and like to talk
2: about
0: them. And I'm Bharat Nehru, who would like to make films, but I just review them for now. Later in the
1: episode, we're going to be reviewing some films. The Souvenir Part 2 and briefly Death in the Nile and The Adam Project. We're also reviewing the Oscars, which is technically a tele movie. We're talking a little bit about I stress a little bit about the winners. Technically the a telecast, I guess. It's it's a telecast. It's a tele movie. It's,
2: a, it's, it's the Oscars. It's it was happening this week in film fights. So I, have I, I think it.
0: this this was the most prestige TV style Oscars that I could think of. You know, the, oh, like the high the, drama. Yeah, the the cliffhanger drama, or like the the most drama ever Oscars that you could think of.
1: More than remember when opening an envelope was a big deal and getting that wrong. Yeah, so yeah. remember when? Oh, there was this may be one of the big controversies. Remember when? Green Book this is probably the biggest Oscar controversy
2: yeah.
1: ever affects the Oscars because it involves a criminal act allegedly. Now, to be clear. We're recording this on Monday night, so we don't know what has happened in the two ensuing days. I've heard Chris Rock uh, has uh, chosen not to press charges. Yes, he
0: hasn't. Yeah.
1: OK, that's uh, well, that is at his discretion. But uh, w- essentially, if you have not heard, what we are talking about is Will Smith approaching Chris Rock, the host. on You've the side This was in response to a joke. Chris Rock made about Will Smith's wife, Jada, wife Jada Pinkett Smith, um, in the context of, well, it was a, as you said, it was a joke about G.I. Jane, which we'll get into a little more detail. Let's be very clear. Someone, doesn't matter who, someone walked up to someone at an event, at an event that was oh so lively, broadcast, millions around the world, hundreds of millions, punched this person, committed what by all accounts appears may very well be an act of assault, wasn't, it dragged, assault. Off, wasn't dragged off stage, wasn't removed, and was later given an award and a standing ovation instead. This is the thing we're dealing with right now.
2: Yes. The question is, are uh, the Oscars going to censure him in some way? Are they going to demand an apology to Chris Rock and, uh, you know, a, a, a um, more forthright, declamatory statement that what he did was wrong um, beyond the kind of dancing around it slash justifying himself, which he did on the stage?
1: I read it as um, justifying himself. And uh, limited to removing him from the Academy.
2: Yeah, um, some people are talking about that uh, the, the award should be rescinded. Um, it's well, very, well, very it, strange.
0: It There's definitely a section that believes that Rock went too far and he had it coming. Well, so Rock this, did this, go so... too far. That's yeah. the thing.
2: This is a test of what you really believe. Everyone threw all the... Like I, I think... Uh, here comes my anti-woke rant. Everyone... In Hollywood, loves to display. Um, here comes virtue signaling, right? It, the, all through the Oscars, it's, there were all these buzzwords about um, the w- ways that we're representing diversity and standing up for women and blah, 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 blah. And part of these, the buzzword dropping through this, a phrase that came up a few times in the context of gags, was toxic masculinity, right? Um, it's easy to just be like, haha, toxic masculinity is so bad. But the, the test of what you actually believe. Um, and whether you're really more conservative than you like to portray yourself is whether you look at one of these things and go, well, an eye for an eye, he had it coming. Let's be clear, right? As far as I see it, Chris Rock's joke was really poor comedy ethics, making fun of a woman for hair loss from an illness. It's understandable why Will Smith was incredibly upset, but you can't do that when yeah. you're about to receive that kind of honor.
0: But not just that. You can't, can't just do that. Do that. It yeah. doesn't matter Full whether you stop. receive an honour. Full or not.
2: stop. Yeah. The fact that he received the honour after that puts them in such a difficult position. And it's like, and it's all about this guy. Yeah, it's an act of rage, but it's all about a guy coming up on stage using physical violence to defend his wife's honour. And then getting up on stage and rather than saying what I did was wrong... Though he did, he did kind of apologize, but saying like, well, love makes you crazy things and I'm being called upon to
1: defend my family, all this justifying stuff, right? Uh, okay, let's be clear. You can't ever do that. You especially no. can't do that when you have such a pulpit and are looked up to by so many, especially as someone like Will Smith, it takes an extreme goal to get up later and talk about how we're here representing people and setting the example in amongst the greater ethos of the Oscars and do this. He is teaching people that this is absolutely okay. As an aside, before I get into the um, particular joke, Will Smith became famous. There's a lot of Fresh Prince riffs off this right now on social media. Will Smith became famous on a show, a beloved show, which I watched as a kid about someone who got in the fight, was supposed to get in the fight and therefore was punished and moved away. And now we see him 30 years later going up a punching man for making a joke. Now this joke was, I agree, disgusting. Yeah. It was inexcusable. What was did in response was also inexcusable. But more to the point, the, it's the Oscars. The yeah. nature of the joke Rock made is not only standard down punching fair for the Oscars. It's pretty regular stuff for Chris Rock. If You go to the Oscars and one hosted by Chris Rock. And this is pretty par for the course. So you have the choice. And that's not it's acceptable, but you have the choice to not go, to not stay. Smith could have walked out at that point and made a bigger point right. or tweeted about it afterwards to his millions of followers or do what I did and what many others did. And just he not also could have watch.
2: just yelled out at him and said,
1: this is, you know, you don't humiliate my wife like that. That's low. And it Which is- would have made the point without actually committing a allegedly an act of assault. I mean that, that,
0: that, let's that's make, not, Let's
2: be real. It's
0: assault. That's, yeah, yes. that's not just a... Only controversial moment. Just before that, Amy Schumer made a pretty distasteful joke about uh, Kirsten Dunst being a seat filler, and Jesse Clemens wasn't very happy about that either. He could have uh, very easily responded in a much more different way. I mean, are, we excusing, funny. are we excusing just violent acts? For well, just, bad jokes?
2: Well, actually, um, the, the whole thing to me is, it's funny you bring that up um, because that makes part of the larger picture of how weird yeah. this whole broadcast was about gender roles, right? The whole thing was like, we're going to have a bunch of women as hosts where the primary gag a lot of the time was like, we're really horny for the guys. And they kept doing riffs on, so look at how horny we are for these for these it's guys. Hilarious. Like, that Amy, like that, that Amy Schumer joke with Jesse Plemons joke was that. Imagine if this was a gender flipped thing with a bunch of like, me so horny for Young starlets (laughs) thing, right?
0: Yeah. Um, But uh, but just, just I just want to come back back to the Will Smith one for one last thing. Cause I've been hearing a lot of African-American- Oh no, no, we're still on on that subject.
2: We're still on that subject. I was just saying the picture of like, you you make all these jokes about toxic masculinity and patriarchy, ha ha ha. But it's, but like the whole thing is like getting horny on, Women get up, get horny on dudes, and guys go up and punch people to defend their honor. It was very weird from a gender politics perspective, right? It was very like kind I mean, of like I mean, if, if else, the whole, and very retrograde. And like, the, it's funny that women are horny, ha ha ha. Yeah. Like, I mean, if um, if ever there was retrograde.
0: if ever there was a blatant advertisement that Hollywood condones virtue signaling and actually doesn't oh, yeah. believe in any of the things it's actually trying to set out. This was the perfect example of that. And the whole also, ceremony was a perfect wake example. Wake up call.
2: Hollywood is the patriarchy. The academy, the society isn't all like the academy is an old patriarchal institution. And a lot of the, you know, the Old Testament stuff comes out where it's like, well, he he, he said a, a terrible thing about his wife, you know, in the context of a joke, he had it coming. Like, do you, is that what you, if we, if they don't respond to this and just let the moment be, as Glenn was saying, They've essentially endorsed this act of violence, and, or at least said it's okay given the circumstances.
1: And let's be very clear on something else. I mean, the hosts the the Oscars have been plagued fairly by hosting controversies or having people wanting to host this year. I can believe someone wouldn't want to host any subsequent year if this if this is certainly the case. More I to that, point, Oscars are finished Chris,
2: now in some well, way. Like this well, might
1: be it. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. They were finished culturally years ago. Now this is more than that. But to to, to that to that point, uh Chris Rock. You watch the footage. Chris Rock could have, he was in his place of work. He could have walked off stage after what happened after, uh, after being punched in the face. He chose not to, he chose to start, continue making jokes. And, uh, and then Smith started to get angry from his seat. And you could see Rock getting, saying, okay, no, all right, I'm stopping. He was visibly intimidated. Mm-hmm. He was visibly scared. Let's see very clear this. A man was visibly intimidated and punched by another man and was just expected and did to continue. I can't and I, with, with the him sitting in the audience the whole time and then being lauded. I can't imagine anyone wanting to host in any other year, not simply because of the what the cultural uh, culturally Oscars have become, but because they're not the, the organizers just aren't promoting a safe but environment. That's frankly. also like this
2: is the culmination of this trend. When you guys mentioned Ricky Gervais earlier, this is a culmination of the the mean Oscars gag. Right, like the mean ribbing thing, and like, let's how far can we push it, and then something like this happens, and it's like, what's the whole, what's the point of all this to try and drag people to uh, the telecast when no one cares anymore? But may, like, maybe we'll create a violent situation by ribbing people in cruel ways. Like, who who knows what happened behind the scenes? It was a tacky. Tacky broadcast in a lot of ways, and it wouldn't surprise me if Chris Rock was encouraged by the producers to like bring out your edgy content and do yeah. some Ricky Gervais
0: esque. I mean, not just that. I mean, uh, I, I read a, a very uh, insightful thread by an African American observer, and that put a different perspective to it. Where what what you're saying was that here you have two, probably one of the most powerful African American, you know, celebrities on the planet. Yeah, the kind of cultural capital that they wield is immense. I mean. If there was some somebody else who was African American, who was a normal person, they can't even imagine doing something like that because the whole institution is already so biased against them. Mm. The kind of privilege that Will Smith wields yes. to do that something like that within and the Academy and get away and get away with it is immense. And then how Chris Rox yeah. Will Smith see- after that is amazing.
1: I will say in fairness to the Academy, I believe good faith that if the vast majority of people, both in the public and present at the event, had done that, they would have been thrown out and banned from the Academy and banned from the Kodak Theatre. What it shows shows is that Academy Awards are just obsessed with status and wheeling out as many people as they can, which is sad, especially in light of the standing ovation. It's one thing to put all the good-looking celebrities in the front row. It's another to let them stay there after they've gone up on stage and punched someone.
2: Yeah, it shows that at the end they, they didn't know how to respond. There was no one to step in. Um, it should have been like Academy Chair comes out, apologizes, and says we've escorted Will Smith from the thing. And then when he wins the award, we say we can't give this. And all, like honestly, mm-hmm. that should be it. No. We we can't I think, give I this think, in I good think conscience.
0: Chris Rock making that choice to continue and him having to he's de- a professional. De- him having to de-escalate the situation. I can't imagine that I I, I could do that. Like, I would be terrified in that moment. I would be... Chris you know, Rock. I would not have... His, he had his game face on. I mean, there was a microsecond... He could sue the Academy.
2: There. He honestly could. Yeah, yeah he might sue the Academy, honestly. I, I imagine the fallout of this is going to be pretty interesting. Um, but Chris Rock has ruffled a lot of feathers and been through some violent um, kind of energies in the past. Like, he, he has some preparation for this moment.
0: I know, but, but like... This, this, this was like another level. I mean, this is the Academy and <laughs> the Oscars where... Yeah. It is probably, you know, the pinnacle of people behaving themselves and them trying to maintain decorum. And, it, you know, it's like the Wimbledon of, of movies, essentially, if I have to up mm-hmm. with an analogy, where everything is even proper. Yeah. And,
1: uh, and I've got to go further there. So, to, to, to all the things you we are talking about earlier, about setting the example, way to go, Chris Rock, for keeping you cool, not hitting the man back, and setting a better example.
2: Sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, I, and
1: I say that while we're standing, again, the lousy jokes he has made now and in the past. Yeah, he also has made, in fairness, some very excellent sure. comedy.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Chris is one of the great comedians. No question. Right. He's yeah. great. But um, the
0: pull-out the but... of this is, once again, we are perpetuating that African-American people can't control their temper. They kind of, you know... Well, uh, is uh, that image? Yes, that image of that. It, it, it's for people the outside and, and actually part of society. Kind of... They just have to then deal with that kind of stereotype all over.
1: Hold on a second. Are you saying that the response to this has perpetuated that idea?
0: Uh, There there are a lot of uh, African-American observers who were watching the telecast who felt afraid that this, Will Smith doing that is just going to backfire on them in wider society when they have to go out. It'll be, you know, if Will Smith behaves like that, then probably because he's representing so much of the community Mm -hmm. that it's like, oh, you know. So many African Americans would also behave like that. Because isn't it interesting if you can't how control his temper, then how can you
2: isn't it interesting how Denzel got involved?
0: Yeah. Because he's about another man so weird.
2: Because Denzel vera is another man who holds a, a huge position of respect as a black American. Yeah. Um, coming in there to try and take control of the situation and calm this guy down and get everybody back in good, you know, graces. Jesus Christ. Um that's the is that. Yeah. No, I mean, there's more to say. We can talk about, there's a lot to say in the Oscars. As a whole, this ceremony and the, the ways they tried to bring in the um, new viewers were terrible across the line. Yes. I'm going to say, come up with an um, across with a, with a uh, unpopular opinion and say that I thought last year's ceremony, the one that Steven Soderbergh executive produced, was actually one of the best in a long time. The problem is that it was marred by the shocking decision to um, hinge the ending of the ceremony on Chadwick Boseman winning Best Actor. Unfortunately, the fall from that means that they threw everything out from that ceremony. But I thought it was a fairly charming event because the focus of that one was cutting, like, less skits, more speeches, cut, 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 cut more speeches, give us more people talking. Yes. That's what I and want that, out of the that, Oscar, that, right? That's the, that's this year... Want
0: that's the one thing I wanted to get to, where so many people were disrespectfully cut short while yes. he was speaking, especially, uh you know, people would not have English as their first language. It was highly mm. disrespectful. Because... How great was it to
2: see Hamaguchi, by the way, my man winning for Drive My Car? Um, but he was go, also, wait he a was second. I'm like, he, almost almost, off the, he held he off was the bat like a pro the stage. when they tried to play him off? Yes. Yeah,
0: sorry? He was, yeah, he, 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 he had it like a pro. And then he was ushered off the stage. Disrespectfully yeah. afterwards, as if like, oh, you've had your moment now, just go away. It was yeah. like, it was just annoying. Okay. Um, also that apparently, uh, I, I yeah, just found out yeah. that the best international feature is won by the country and not by the director. So That's Japan true. has won best Japan international won. feature and Amenuchi yeah. didn't win. So it doesn't count. Apparently.
1: Yeah. So speaking of the ceremony more broadly, the fact that a lot of the technical awards were just shepherded from the to say main that. broadcast I don't is is just disgraceful having said that in the technical awards i am glad that dune did very well in visual effects Had editing to. sound score um the only one i'm ve- oscar win aside from a few of those i'm very okay with is actually for corella costume design they knocked sure. out of the park the reasons we discussed last year um no time to die winning is the best song i don't really know the other songs if that's the best song the damn, yeah we don't talk about bruno yeah
0: it's, it's on everyone's playlist. That's probably the most popular song. It's Boston. one of the most
1: popular songs in the world at the moment. Yeah, it's on TikTok everywhere. The, uh, Jane Campion winning Best Director. She, it was a good film. The not good. The exteriors were great. Not
2: not many surprises. Jessica Chastain winning for Tammy Faye, winning Best I, Actress. I
0: was, I was real shocked surprise. at that because she yep. was the worst in a category, which is a pretty weak field, to be honest.
1: Well, Ariana DeBose was pretty good. I'm marginally okay with her beating out Kirsten Dunst for Power of the Dog.
2: I'm sorry, but the whole uh, conversation is going to revolve around this Will Smith thing because what you were saying about cutting uh, the disgracefulness of cutting away a lot of these technical awards, what they chose to do, because the red carpet ceremony was still going, they chose to give these people awards to a not-full auditorium, which is already a huge sign of disrespect, right? Yeah. Yeah. and then cut down really briefly their um, speeches for television, right? But I find that the but most... But then it
0: was reinserted in, in, the, in the broadcast. Yes, so... but cut down. Cut down.
2: Yeah. Trim down. The idea is like to keep the broadcast short and fit in more sketches without making it go over time. Um, and hilariously, the whole, the whole thing went 30 minutes over, like 45 minutes over time anyway, right? It yeah. used to. Um, as as it always does, uh, which means so why did we cut these people's speeches again for a bunch of sketches, which for the record were horrible. These yeah. these were like the Oscars comedy is always bad. And this the whole ceremony, all the decisions were tacky. All the, decisions the, comedy were tacky.
0: tacky. the comedy was tacky. The comedy was bad. Uh, it was in
2: memoriam was herociously herocious. If that, that's my new word of the day, ferociously tacky. The in memoriam.
0: that, had, uh, the choice of song that played uh, in the background for in memoriam. Yeah.
2: They wanted instead of, instead of offering a place for sadness, they wanted to do this real like praise God gospel thing, celebration type moment, and have a few pauses in the in memoriam for um like tributes to our faves like Sidney Poitier and um Benny White, and it's like. The whole point of this in memoriam is to give everyone an equal stage. This is the same point that they, uh, they missed when they gave these technical awards off screen, that the beauty of the Oscars, when they do what they do well, is that you see Sydney Poitier's name, and then you see Lena Bertmuller, and then you see such and such like sound engineer who you've never heard of. Right. All these people are in an equal. It's elegant. Field. It's dignified. It's due. Exactly. And the beauty of, um, seeing people who aren't as polished, who don't exist in a sea of Hollywood bullshit, having their magic moment in front of the camera and in front of in front of everyone at the Oscars uh, is what they robbed us of. Those are the most humane and down-to-earth moments of the ceremony. And,
1: and right? to be clear, it's not just about the notoriety of very famous persons. It's distinguishing that the persons who work on... The sound can be as important as actors, as important as the editors, irrespective of how much notoriety they have in their particular field. Exactly. The, the different disciplines are important and the different individuals are important.
2: Yeah. So when Will Smith then gets up and gets up crying and talks about God and family and justifying his actions, don't get me wrong. My point isn't just to 100% condemn Will Smith because I do have sympathy for the man. I do think he seemed really on edge honestly. I think he seemed like a man who's close to the edge in a, in a number of ways and it boiled over. I'm not excusing it. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying it. I can have sympathy for him. But the the level, to me, this, his speech going on for five minutes with all this self-justifying stuff and the the real the self-importance of it all really represented the overinflated Hollywood narcissism that those speeches that they cut down from the little guys exactly. it, it, were it, it, the alternative like, to.
0: It, it, is, it is exactly uh, so out out of the touch. problem I mean, it exemplified the problem of of this telecast where some people were afforded a a, a lot more room to express themselves or they were excused for their behavior, while others were ushered off or they were not given as much room. It wasn't an equalizing stage as it's supposed to be, where Mm -hmm. some people were afforded a much more, you know, a a much longer leash than others. And the thing is, not what the Oscars is about.
2: All of this was about drawing more ratings, right? Is it time for the Academy in the interest of dignity to become a live-streamed event and stop trying to build the thing around television? Because all of their problems... I I, I tweeted
0: this, and this was my hot take. I really feel that the Oscars will never have popular appeal, and that's fine. Let the Oscars be for the film nerds. We are the ones who care about the Oscars. We are the ones who watch the movies that only five people in the world have seen. And that's fine. I guarantee
1: and, and you know what? The appeal of the Oscars internationally is this whole who's going to win the watching parties. If the reasons we discussed last year, because of time differences and the immediacy of social media and the news cycle, that's gone. That's forever gone. Yeah. Just have it for the industry and have some more integrity.
2: My feeling is that probably all their dumb attempts to pull people in will off annoy it. And um, despite the Will Smith thing, this is probably going to end up being... The lowest rated Oscars ever, because that would be a changing the viewership. I, right I, yeah, now I don't think I don't now. think
0: anyone anyone was watching it. I asked so many people. No one watched it. There was such a lack of interest in the Oscars this year. But uh, the, the thing is, they're best you know be, Do You know
1: that if if we you do something best like that, yeah, that's the thing. If you do something like this. You know that all the actual buzz over the people who worked hard and won in the ward is going to be gone. Forget about the best editing and best sound design. No one's talking about Coda winning Best Picture versus Will Smith, versus Will Chris Smith punching Chris Rock. The that's thing is, all anyone cares about, and that's not what people should care about when it comes to cinema.
2: That's it. It's The circus aspect of the Oscars has completely dwarfed everything else.
0: And if, if that's what the response of the Oscars is, to get more people in, is to create controversy? Then they should die then they should die because the Oscars is not about, you know, the people. It's about the craft. It's about honoring the the films. And eventually, nobody's talking about the films or the categories of the films that have won. For the record. People who contributed to that, they're only talking about this one moment in, in the entire broadcast, which, frankly, is a low point in history.
2: I'll talk about another funny moment, which was um, this, the culmination of this best popular film thing with, like, the, the best movie moments of the year and the best uh, the the, the Flash. <laughs> by most popular film of the year. Force? So it's a back-to-back Zack Snyder <laughs> Twitter trolls taking it out. I will say that if you're going to go for a fist-pumping blockbuster get up and cheer moment, I think Flash at the end of Zack Snyder's Justice League 100% deserved it. For me, that was like the best blockbuster action moment of the year.
0: But also, also I think that was also the funniest gag of, 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 of Oscars. They were making fun of themselves as if like, ha, ha, ha. You know, a, a superhero film is the most watched thing. In the, and we can acknowledge superhero movies, guys. Don't worry about it. I liked
2: it. It was funny. Is um, that... the, but also Army of the Dead, most popular film. It's oh, such God. A whatever it's not, dumb not, Netflix film is
1: trash. Not. I guess most popular film. But uh, like
2: there was a long time devoted to this countdown for yeah. like the most popular moments and then the most popular film. It took up so much time. They did dumb things like Kelly Slater, Sean White, and Tony Hawk present 60 years of Bond montage. Like, yes. who do they think this is? Who, like, pretty Extreme, but Bond's cool Extreme too, huh? Like, who do they think is going to enjoy this? Also,
0: who is it for? Also, like, the, the, American, the American audience doesn't really care about Bond as much. It always been. Oh, like they do. They, they, like- they really do. Really? Absolutely.
1: Yeah, like yeah it's, it's, it's very popular now. And there's going to be a Bond TV series now that Amazon oh, really? imported. Yes, what? that's Amazon's new thing. We're going to make a Bond TV series. God help us. Yeah, it's a terrible idea. It's a terrible idea. No, and sorry, the world I'm, is, I'm is over.
0: Real time. The
1: Oscars isn't the worst. Though. The, the, the thing they happened with Oscars is the worst thing that happened, at least in film today. So speak, up, What else? <laughs> should,
0: should, should, okay, should, I'm, I mean, I'm going to talk about some of the good things. I mean, it's not... It wasn't, there's, it wasn't there's good all, things? All bad. Yeah, I mean... Uh, caught so winning uh, best uh, supporting actor. Speech was great. His speech was great. That was one category where I didn't think he would win. And it was it was nice to see that he won. You know, it was just like, oh, you know, because I was already heartbroken when Flea didn't win anything. Worst person in the world didn't win anything. Mm. You know, the the, doc, the best documentary was a surprise to me. I At least tried my car took something. I, 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 was, I hadn't seen Summer of Soul, but all the other documentaries were very strong. And I really did believe that either Flee or Riding with Fire would win. Let's talk over.
2: Notably, what- after the Will Smith moment, which, again, like I can't move away from, uh, that showed unbleeped on Australian TV. Yes. But bleeped on the American one. Um, but then we had a uh,
0: dead air. Up. The broadcast
2: kept cutting in and out. So the yeah. Summer of Soul speech was completely lost. Yeah. But what it was interesting seeing that begin because Questlove came up and started talking about his uh, father who died recently. But you could... He almost immediately started like crying and trying, struggling to hold it together. And I got the sense that he was, you know, he's talking about something obviously that is close to him. But I got the sense that he was emotionally on edge because of what had just happened with the yelling. Yeah, and I function.
0: think everyone was.
2: It and was. You could feel his awkwardness even before he got up on his speech and he started to cry. And then our Australian broadcast cut out, so I don't know what happened. But you could feel that he was just shaken. You could feel it in the air. You yeah. overshadowed everything. It ruined the event. It
0: did. It did. That happened. I mean, the good things, like you said, uh, Hamaguchi winning, uh My Car winning Best International Feature, which, I mean, we'd all sure. called it, and it, it should have won. And it- I almost
2: expected yeah. worse person to take it.
0: But actually, uh, this is the other thing. The International Feature category was a lot stronger than the Best Feature film, and oh, yeah. any of those films could have won, and I wouldn't be surprised. They were way better. What was, what
2: was it? Hand of God, flee. Best person see, in
0: the world. with fire, with fire, right?
2: drive my car. That's yeah, amazing. That's, that's
0: like amazing. incredible
1: <laughs> compared to the best picture. Yeah. Why is not the foreign film list just the best picture list? Sorry, why am I asking? Yeah, that?
0: but um,
2: <laughs> God, they're also, yeah, they're finished. ready Jerry,
0: Jerry when uh, speech was also very funny, and I, and I did the. Uh, But that's it. It's the technical speeches
2: we love. Because the technical
0: awards are always the best awards. They actually have some craft in them.
1: And they've got people who aren't as polished. And like I, I and you mean, you know what I like about it? It's always people speaking to particular industries, particular countries, to production houses, particular communities where you know that that house, this is the biggest yeah. event of their career, and everyone's thrilled and cheering somewhere. So that should be That's what it. the Oscars are about, more community-based than here's Will Smith.
2: Yeah, Warren. one of the things that Soderbergh's broadcast did very right last year was it tried to do a little bit um, more of like in the using the montage bits to give you a little bit of understanding of like, oh, the sound people do this to introduce those categories it should the oscars should instead of trying to distract people with celebrity bullshit should be about drawing people's attention to everyone who works together and the under thought about aspects of filmmaking It should be about the industry saying this is what we do and we're proud of it but instead they've revealed themselves to be all about power and ego and facile above all else it's
1: uh, the, the yeah. Oscars. That's it's critical. Yeah. It's it's pathetic. And that's the Oscars. We'll cover it again next year. God help us.
2: Yeah. Uh, Christ.
1: I think we just might cover briefly before we go into the podcast Death in the Nile. Sure. Death in the Nile is in cinemas now. It's the Kenneth Branagh sequel to Murder in the Orange Express. It stars that's, gal Good.
2: Okay, Academy Award winner Hannah,
0: Kenneth Branagh. One best original screenplay for Belfast, which is, which a, is a movie more, that best any- movie of the year.
2: Belfast, I don't think, had any original scenes. So how can it be the best original <laughs> screenplay? Really?
0: This At least Licorice Pizza. So anyway. like, Licorice
2: Pizza wouldn't be my pick for that, but that was a movie full of original
0: scenes. Any right? other film than Belfast. It was it was just yeah. shocking to me. Anyway, It was shocking. Yeah. The whole ceremony was shocking.
1: Death in the Nile. So what Death did you think? In... Okay, so just to recap, directed and starring Kenneth Branagh as Hercule Poirot, it is also starring Gal Gadot, Armie Hammer, Annette Bening, Russell Brand, and a bunch of other celebrities. It is about a death that occurs on the Nile. It is based, of course, on the Agatha Christie novel. So there is a murder mystery. Poirot is brought in to solve the crime and find the perpetrator. Need I say more? Death in the Nile. It's a very well-known property. It's one of the most adapted. It was adapted in the 70s. There's a BBC version and now this one. This one was chosen for cinema, for the reason Death in the Nile was chosen as cinema last time, partly because it's a very well-known one. God help, they should adapt other properties. More significantly because the Nile is cinematic and it can show Egypt. However, unlike the last one, they did not show Egypt. It is all expressed. CGI. Oh, it is, it is, this is a COVID introduction? It's, this is. Right. So I give some leeway. However, again, I draw a distinction between something that looks fake and something that looks not real. I'm okay with an artifice not looking not real, but trying to recreate Giza and the pyramids and the Nile as they did, and a lot of the historic sites. It's just the CGI simply wasn't up to scratch. I'm okay with them using CGI, but it has to be convincing, and it was so unconvincing, and not just in the scenes at the key spots, the key locations that signify Egypt, but on the Nile itself when they're going down the river. They could have just put a boat on the river and taught us it was the Nile, and I would have been okay with that artifice, especially in the context of COVID, but they couldn't handle that, and it's distracting throughout the entire film. And it's
2: a shame because, as you say, Murder on the Orient Express had some really nice 70 millimeter photography of Egypt. So, man.
1: Yeah. So they've yeah Dropped the ball in on that one. Dropped the ball big time. There is a little bit of inconsistency between the beginning of this film, the end, and Murder aren't expressed, but it's been five years, so I give them some slack. Whatever. Uh, the story is up to scratch. It's good. It's a good and above average Agatha Christie story, which I've always liked. Um, it's got a very good twist towards the end. One of the, actually her cleverer denouements. The problem is the actors aren't very good. They're either not good or they're not trying. It's Russell Brand and Gadot and Hammer. They both have a very limited range. They're good in some films. Mostly they're not good. Um, There's been a lot of fun made of a poor Gal Gadot line reading about champagne. It's, It's not actually the worst offender in the film, aside from the perpetrator itself. And look, they're just, the actors, they're not trying very hard in terms of the detective process. The interrogation scenes are good and how the logic is shown is good. However, what I loved about the BBC series and a lot of what cinema used to do is, cinema used to depict people thinking. And I like just watching people contemplate. Detective fiction on Poirot is prime for that. And Branner just doesn't do that because films now don't like to have quiet moments. You have to watch Drive Brenner My is,
2: Car, which is a whole movie
1: of people thinking. Yeah, I, I plan to. I, yeah, yeah, I would yeah. have watched Drive My Car this week, but uh, particular events mean I'm confined to my home just for the second. Yep. Uh, so, sobrano he's good. His accent is bad. The Same as last of- time. Same as last time. These best way does Poirot's idiosyncrasies, which are very sparing. There's one wonderful, very, very good scene that lasts about a minute where it's just him being very idiosyncratically Poirot in a staircase. And I loved it. I was laughing out loud. I wish that was more of the film. There's several good minutes. There's a few very good minutes. Mostly it's really just kind of blair. What it is good is the backstory for Poirot and how they weave his actual character more into the story. It's the only really redeeming feature of Death on the Nile, which is in cinemas now. See so, yeah, it, you guys gonna go see it?
2: Nope, no. so uh, yeah, I, a few weeks ago, I gave a brief little mention to the souvenir part two, and uh, now Virat caught up with it. We watched the souvenir part one a few years ago. I love souvenir part two, so I'm keen to hear what you thought. Virat,
0: I took your advice and saw part one just before I saw part two. Yeah, so for me, it was more a continuous exercise, yes, because I could see those films back to back almost, mm. and that really helped because yep. if anything else. Breaking down in two parts with like almost a three year difference Mm. doesn't do the film any favors because really it picks up in terms of mood, uh, temporality and in terms of how the kind of actors are set up in the same vein as the last film left off. And we need to to know how the last film ended and the impact of that on the characters to really feel why the characters are already feeling like that in the beginning of this film.
2: The project only makes sense in light of the the two parts now, because the first film has this kind of alienating, we're just seeing uh, fragments of memory kind of vibe where I could never quite get into the story. But part two uses that structure of part one as a base so that now we have a catalogue of memories to yes. understand how the main character uses that experience and crafts it into a film. It's the meta exercise. It reminded me of Pain and Glory. But like I have these memories and now we have shared those memories with the character and now we watch her try to turn that into a film. The other with it.
0: great thing about this film in a truly coming coming of age narrative was seeing Julie's character, which is wonderfully portrayed by Hunter Clinton-Byrne, really come into her own as a director. And Mm -hmm. for the first time on on screen, I actually got a sense of what a director really does. Like, you know, not just directing other people, but getting more confident into your own craft, saying no to people, negotiating with other people who are pretty confident, like talking to our DOPs and, you know, talking about camera setups and stuff. Like a lot of technical lingo.
2: It's a great film on filmmaking.
0: Yeah. Really honest one. It's the first time, like, I could see the film and I thought I learned something about directing. Yeah, which it makes of- it
2: that filmmaking is about people and processes, but it also, it must be said, captures in some of the sweeping shots of Richard Ayoade's film, the awe of the filmmaking process and the majesty of it that's been so gl- glorified over the years in a way that doesn't feel like we're just going back to that well of glorious celluloid and that movie magic. Like it's capturing something in the complex awe.
0: The in, other thing it. which I think is, is a nice companion piece to the film, is that so much of the film, Julie is negotiating with herself mm-hmm. and with other people about what she believes is the right thing. And she's never quite certain that this mm-hmm. is the part she wants to take. And a lot of that in her personal life where she's going through therapy, coming to terms with the past trauma that she's faced. And it's also sort of bubbling over the surface and affecting her filmmaking. And I like the true line that's been drawn about you know even when you make a film you're never quite sure of the final product so you kind of just go along by negotiating different choices you make with other people and you try to arrive at what you think could be a final impression of the kind of film that you want to make and it's not the film you started out to make but it it could be a completely different product in the end. So it's- The
2: evolution of the idea. But beyond yeah. that, um, let's <laughs> to, to take the conversation back down, down a few notches. I really liked the characters in this. Yeah. I thought, especially after the way part one was such an abstract- I, yeah, I, did, I really liked how Richard Arada's character is expanded because he was a who, as always. Um, I really thought the way that the relationship between tilda Swinton and- tilda
0: Swinton, yeah. She was very sweet. Her daughter, I, yeah.
2: it's a great, um, her character is much expanded from part one. It's a really good film about dealing with grief that uses the filmmaking process as a metaphor, as well as using the filmmaking process as a subject. Yeah. Um, it's a very complex, multi-layered work of autofiction, and I found it ultimately to be really moving and uplifting. And uh, I wholeheartedly recommend the entire project, even if you weren't grabbed by The Souvenir Part One. Uh, it I, makes I, a lot I more would, sense would in light of the second I would second recommend part.
0: that, you know, go watch Part One before you go to Part Two.
2: You because need it fresh that, in your mind. Yeah,
0: yeah, it, that helped immensely because it's a mood piece in the end. And if you don't know the mood of the first one, it, it's well, I think
2: thinking, thinking part up. one is a mood piece and part two is a character piece. Is how I would put it in a strange uh, but, way. Like part one creates a mood of a mood you kind, of You memory. kind of need
0: to, you kind of need to know the world that it's operating in because part yeah. part two doesn't really give you a preface. It's it just throws you in there already. And if you're not familiar with the the kind of, uh, you know, pacing that...
2: It's beyond that. It's beyond familiarity. You need to know small little lines. There's resonances to things that you definitely will have forgotten if you haven't seen the movie in three years. So go watch it again. Uh, Souvenir Whole Project is finally finished and it's a great one.
1: That is The Souvenir Part 2. The last film briefly that we are covering is The Adam Project, which is screening on Netflix, which I caught starring Ryan Reynolds, Jennifer Garner and Mark Ruffalo. It is a time travel action film. Someone from the future, played by Reynolds, comes to forewarn of destruction. A young boy who he meets saves the day. The different take on this is that they're the same person, and it's the twist on the older identifying figure helping a young kid but again they are the same person so it's a little bit different from a lot of sci-fi fare it's a type of sci-fi which is usually relegated to indie fare and also what I appreciate about this is that it doesn't take as convention the back to the future rules that it is almost conventional wisdom in filmmaking now that it is a paradox if you meet yourself in the past a lot of um, more dependent sci-fi fare experiments with this lacking basis for time travel fiction and I enjoyed that this kind of premise was a little more of a mainstream film so it's a decent premise having said that it's not a very good film because uh, so much of it relies on emphasis on action and the action is only bad but it is overly irreverent it is a fallout of marvel that all action has to really not mean anything and everyone has to be quippy and not really care even when extreme acts of violence are undertaken it can't take itself at all seriously and action shouldn't take itself at least a little bit seriously to be grounded and have relevance who cares who cares Um, cares.
2: (laughs) it sounds like just what you're talking about is just all the stuff i hate about hollywood at the moment
1: it's Reynolds is partly to blame for this too, because very simply Deadpool and he's in a bit of his Deadpool persona. It's less Deadpool than all the other films he's done recently, but it's still kind of central to the appeal of this character. I like with the last one, my review to death on Nile, the several good minutes, it's mostly bad. There's one very, very good minute. I stress minute towards the end of the film. There's one very good piece of emotional payoff, but you have to sit through the whole film to get it. And it's not quite worth it. If you're a really big Ryan Reynolds fan, or if you're a very hardcore, I watch all the science fiction. Sure. Otherwise I can't strongly recommend this film, which falls back on CGI and big splashy action sequences that have no meaning and no impact. So that is the Adam project. It is streaming now and we'll be back next week. with yeah, guys,
2: uh, I mean, how do you follow up this one?
0: <laughs> well, that's, that's a question for the authors. How do they follow? Isn't it? Isn't
2: it? Yeah, good question. It,
1: and if there's a more revelations subsequent to this recording from, i'm sure, um, there's many to follow. Yeah, many, Smith many, will many much cover
0: more. Apparently, has a press tour coming up uh, soon. In... Yeah, he's no, no, he's
2: uh, he's doing a comedy tour in Australia. Yeah, yeah. So, and know a lot
0: of people wow. will be interested in asking him more about this. Uh, the story is not going to die
2: down. Oh wait, no way. No, this is going no to follow him for the rest of his life, and Will Smith too.
1: Yeah, it will. Don't underestimate the impact of this. Have a safe night. Have a good night. Enjoy movies. Enjoy good movies. Enjoy and good
0: movies. Yeah, not necessarily the ones that won the Oscars.
1: <laughs> here, here. At all. No. Bye.